Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 103. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Have you turned your key and heard that dreaded tick, 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 tick because of a dead battery? No worries. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that will start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, 400-amp starting power and can start up to 20 dead batteries on a single charge. Plus, it has built-in spark-proof technology with reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart your vehicle. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are solid copper for maximum conductivity, and there's a built-in ultra-bright dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS emergency strobe. It's easily rechargeable with a USB outlet, and you can charge your smartphone or tablet while you're on the road. Works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. Today, I'm very excited to introduce a very special guest, Max Banks. Max, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Indeed, I am fully buckled up and ready for the ride. All right. It's great to have you here all the way from the United Kingdom. I appreciate you taking time out at the end of a a busy work week to talk with me. Max Banks joined Alphaholics in July 2004 after graduating from the law department at Bristol University. He's the director of sales and product development when he's not on the track racing alphas. He's also responsible for the preparation and ongoing development of the Alphaholics 2.0 2.0 Sprint GT race car, and he's in charge of building the Alphaholics FIA 1600 GT race car as well. Max is joined by his brother Andrew and his father Richard, who started the business with his passion for Alphas in 1975. Together they provide parts, advice, service to Alphaholics around the world, and they also buy, sell, build, and restore and maintain Alfa Romeo's for their own collection and their clients' enjoyment. So, Max, I've told the listeners just a little bit about you. Would you please take some time and share some more about your history, your business, your interests, and, of course, your passion for automobiles? Of course. So, Alphaholics has been running for 20 years, um, and really it was, it was born in the 1970s from when my father, Richard, got into Alfa Romeo. At the time in the 70s, he was um, running race teams, and he ran British Formula 3 teams and British touring car teams and stuff like that, and had run Lotus, um, uh, Lotuses and Ford Escorts uh, and Minis. And then Alfa came out in the mid-1970s with the Alfetta GT with a two-liter engine in it. And my father looked at it as a very viable prospect for going racing with the transaxle and the 50-50 weight distribution. He said, 
this will make a great car for British production saloon car championships. So he uh, bought a car from Alfa Romeo. It was the first Alfetta into the UK, and they raced it very successfully for three seasons in the British production saloon car championship, developing it. Um, and that was his first Alfa, and that really got him into Alphas. Wow. Uh, and it grew from there with his restorations of the cars and really at the time in the late 70s early 80s he was buying cars like 2000 gcvs that were purely second-hand cars but being alphas and having a propensity for for rust he was finding that he was having to do partial restoration works on them when they were only a handful of years old sure. and slowly as the cars got older and older it turned into more and more major restorations and it was really uh, after the economic downturn of the uh, very early 1990s when you couldn't really make a proper living out of restoring uh, not these you know not so high value cars that uh, he turned his eye towards the potential for uh, applying all his knowledge uh, and running a parts business to supply a service supplying the parts for the cars that he inherently understood inside and out and that's really where alcoholic started 20 years ago developing on all his background in the cars and then it was 10 years ago that i then joined the business and um, took on my department well it's a really fun story and there's a couple pieces of that story that I love. One is uh, the classic entrepreneurial pivot where you're going down one path and then you realize that you have to kind of shift and move because of the way the economy has adjusted your life, which we've all been through those waves of time uh, in each of our countries and around the world for that matter. But I love the fact that he stayed with his passion for alphas. He discovered these vehicles and continues to play with them today. And and it's great that he has his family members, his sons working with him as well. You said you got involved after you graduated. What are some of the primary things that you're doing there at Alphaholics? So really, when I, when I joined the business 10 years ago, um, and, and really, I grew up with the cars, and, and, and I've spent my whole life playing with the cars and getting involved in racing from a very, very young age. And we had had a, quite a, a well-developed race car. Uh, at the point and I joined the business and I went and did a law degree because I didn't really know what degree I wanted to go and do and I sort of thought it was a a, a decent basis education and something that I, I'd enjoy doing in reality I didn't actually enjoy it that much mm -hmm. decided very quickly I didn't want to be a lawyer and joined the and, and decided I should go home my mother was very ill at the time and I thought I need to go back to the family home which is where the business was run at the time and help out running the business but of course I had a passion in it and it didn't take very long for me to work out that actually I could turn this into a very viable business for, for myself and what I ended up doing was all the product development so we had a very established well-developed race car and I was taking parts that we had prototype design and made one-offs for our race car and was going to small machine shops and asking to reverse engineer and make small batch runs and then add 
advertise them on our website and offer these performance upgrades to our customers. And very quickly, we had a very large range of products. And, um, you know, we now are the biggest one-stop shop for, for Alfa Romeos and people can buy everything from a, a metal rocker panel or floor pan through to all the lights to six-pot brake kits, complete 200-horsepower engines, complete crates of parts to go racing with, and you can do really everything for your Alfa Romeo through our business, Alphaholic. Uh, it's so wonderful. What a great story. And I assume now with the Internet and worldwide reach, you're shipping products all over the world? We are indeed, yeah. I mean, the UK alone couldn't sustain our business to the size that it's become. I mean, we are probably 70% of our business is export. And of that 70%, about 60% of that goes outside the European Union, whereas 40% will be sold to European countries. Fantastic. Well, I love that. You know, as we continue on our journey, I always like to start with a success quote. And this is a saying that's been instrumental in forming your life, your your success, your business. It's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Max, take the wheel. I mean, really, it, it came from my parents and my close relationship with my parents and the way that they brought me up. And the one thing that I had installed in me from a very early age, really, it was at school, was, uh, as my dad would say, work hard and play hard. I, I went off to boarding school, so I was away for months at a time. And as I'd leave, he'd say, work hard, but play hard as well. Uh, <laughs> and really, that's something which uh, I've sort of applied ever since and to, uh, you know, make sure that I do work very hard, but I do take time off and go and enjoy myself and make sure that I, everything that I do do, I do to the best of my abilities. And that's really how I've applied myself to my, to my business. It's wonderful when uh, your parents are your mentors, and that's a, a great slogan, especially for those of us who love to work hard and play hard around cars. Are there some different ways that you can share with us that you've incorporated that success quote into your business combined with your life and being around <laughs> alcoholics? Absolutely, yes. I mean, ultimately, a very big part of, of, of my side of the business is product development. So we will develop some new suspension systems or a new big brake package or whatever. And that stuff needs to be prototyped. So it will get bolted on one of our house cars here. And the place where we have as our default choice for going and testing the products is to go out to the Nürburgring Nordschleife, just like the manufacturers do. So on a Friday after a a hard week's work, we'll load up and we'll drive the cars out to the Nürburgring, spend a weekend thrashing the cars around the ring and then come back to England with some either some modifications for the designs and go back out or to sign them off ready for production. So I can't say that driving around the Nürburgring is too much toil. It is a lot of fun. So I'm getting to work hard and play hard at the same time. Well, there are a whole bunch of cars, yeah, listeners right now, just foaming at the mouth going you get to do that for work <laughs> what technically it is work yes it is but what fun what fun i've had the the pleasure and joy of driving on that track unfortunately not in a race car it was back in the days when you could sneak your rental car onto the track and do some yeah. laps now you can't even do that with the gps tracking they have they'll uh, slap you yeah. pretty hard when you return the car but that is a fantastic track and that's a great example of of wrapping that uh, concept of your success quote 
around your business and your life. What fun you must be having in those alphas out there on that track. That's great. Could you share with us a story that instigated your passion for cars, your path? Tell us that pivotal moment in your life when you really knew you were a car guy. The first time, I was probably five or six years old. And at the time, my mum's car was a a Julia Super, uh, which is the little four-door saloon alpha. And my dad had put a two-liter engine and a two-liter limited-slip rear axle in it to improve the car. And in the winter, it was a very snowy December. And my dad had a special set of knobbly tires that he had bolt on it for the winter. Mm -hmm. And he grabbed my brother and I and uh, put a couple of bags of sand in the boot and a shovel. And we went out and drove all the little English country lanes in the snow, completely sideways, just drifting (laughs) around. And that really uh, caught my imagination. And that's really where it all started. And soon afterwards, he then bought himself a little Lotus Super 7 Series 2, which was a car that he first owned when he was... 19 or 20 years old back in the 60s and unfortunately uh, got hit by another car and destroyed that one in the 60s and I think it was perhaps a little midlife crisis thing for him to have exactly the same thing in exactly the same color mm-hmm. and that with quite a powerful engine in it but on tiny little narrow cross ply tires and we used to go out in the evening or at the weekend driving that and again drifting around in this little Lotus 7 and that that really uh captured my imagination again and that's really i think where it all started for me oh what a wonderful beginning i'm just imagining that going out with dad and brother and out in the snow in that car and just uh sliding and drifting and uh i can see how that got you hooked for sure so max indeed indeed. so max what i'd love to do now is is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and really crawl under the hood and maybe get our hands a little dirty something that you're not afraid of doing Would you share with us a huge challenge or even a great failure that you've faced in your career, but most importantly, share with our listeners how you overcame that situation and what it taught you? I'd have to say, I don't think I've really been pushed past a sort of a a so-called breaking point with anything. I guess having grown up with the cars and then sort of come into what was a family business and 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 really my, my father was very good he didn't just totally over control the business and when I joined and sort of allow me to work with the business but retain all the control he very much just freed up the reins and said look you know with guidance run it past me but you know do this how you think mm-hmm. and I, I'm not the, the or he would say I'm not the oracle on everything and you know just just get on with it and I think that because of that I've sort of been quite fortunate in the way that I've been able to join into a business certainly since we've been running our professional workshop building cars for people I mean some of the deadlines that get thrown at me and trying to to hit these absolute drop dead dates for cars it is more than just a bit stressful and uh, it'll have you up most nights sort of thinking and planning and trying to think sort of 15 steps in front of where you really are and it all comes down to the the planning and and trying to handle the workflow and plan several months in front of where you are with supply chains uh, for all the different parts that you need for a car to ensure that your final deadline doesn't get sort of shifted too much and actually it was where I met you Mark in California with that 
Stolberg GTA Corsa that we had just finished a 3,000-hour restoration on. I mean, that was a project that was started 18 months before with the goal for Laguna Seca Historics 2014 as the drop-dead date. And a couple of bits, it was especially a couple of engine parts, really, really dragged their feet from sort of casting foundry stage, you know, really out of my hands. And we ended up putting a car together from a bare body shell in six weeks to get it out to America and it actually won its first ever race so it all ended very well but there was certainly a huge amount of stress and turmoil involved in uh, making sure that I could keep to the promises that I had said that I could do. That car was absolutely spectacular. We met at Laguna Seca during the historic races and I was standing there looking at the car and you walked up and we started talking and formed as car guys do an instant friendship and bond and I loved hearing the stories about the car and you're right I used to race vintage cars in fact my first vintage car was an English car a Lotus 18 Formula Junior lovely yeah it was a wonderful car in fact it now lives back in England a gentleman who has the exact same name as me Mark Green ended up buying the car from me and we put it into the uh, belly of a uh, British Airways 747 and it went back to England where it started its life but I understand being around vintage racing, the challenges of putting all those components and parts together, and especially the challenge and the pressure when you're doing this for a customer. When all of that time and attention and capital that he spent on that car culminates with that one racing weekend. And if any one little thing goes wrong, his weekend is completely blown to pieces. It does. And I mean, they... <laughs> Of course, you know, they sit there remotely and seeing everything happen and really sort of feeding off everything that you say. And when you say you can do something, you you sort of have to do it. And really, for example, for that car to not meet, make that weekend, I mean, that's one event in one year and it would be 12 months later if you missed that event. So really, it does, it does put a lot of pressure on. Oh, it does. But wonderful job. That car, I crawled all over that car and it was just absolutely spectacular so bravo to you and your team and all the hard work yeah and plus the fact that it won the race was even better so the icing on the proverbial cake let's uh shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum and i'd love for you to share a story with us when you had a real aha moment in your business a time when you realized that an idea concept or direction that you were taking things was really going to make it and be successful and and perhaps tell us how you turned that aha moment into a success it was it was pretty clear for me i mean i joined the business as, as i said earlier um under the circumstances that i did and really my racing background meant that i m- my interest was in the race parts more than anything and as i'd also said lotus is a bit of a thing in our life and my, my dad was colin chapman and, and jimmy clark's number one fan and, and would take uh the bus all over the uk and europe to watch jimmy race in formula one we then ended up with a Lotus Alain race car. And there's a, a guy in England, a very talented guy called Tony Thompson, who built a whole business around the racing Alain 26R, the, the development of it and the manufacture of all the parts to go racing. And he's the go-to guy for Lotus Alains. And we'd had this Alain at the time. We'd spent a lot of money with Tony and I had a lot of ab- admiration for him and his knowledge. And when I joined uh, Alphaholics, I said to my dad, I'd like to do for alphas and particularly the gta's what tony has done for the world of lotus 26 r's and my dad said okay i'll you know 
let's see if that's if that's viable um again back to our our race car our developed race car at the time one of the first things i thought i'd do is i designed and, and made this uh, watts linkage system for the rear suspension to lower the roll center give better traction and make the car lap circuits better it was a really big development of the car and i took those parts off the car and i sat down and i drew them all and i, I went to a machinist for the machine parts i went to a fabricator and laser cutter for the fabricated parts of the kit and pulled together the designs for it all got five sets made each kit has about 30 items in it uh, made up from different supply chains and put it all together as a package and i put it on the website uh, and within three weeks i'd sold all five kits all right and i said to my dad i need to go and produce some more and he sort of looked at me and raised an eyebrow and he said i think you do need to go and make some more <laughs> that was the aha moment that said we can we can really do this we can we can develop a complete range of, of of performance parts i mean we'd come from at the time really only offering a handling kit and offering some brakes some small brake improvements uh some some wheels we'd had wheels cast you know quite quite a big deal for us at the time but really that was about it uh and no one really did anything more than that and really now we get down to the minutiae of tweaking roll sensors on the front trying to get more caster on the cars and the, the the range of product that we do for race cars really all came out of that one sort of month period of doing that back when i was 21 and oh, that wonderful. Sort of all on the way well, that's wonderful. What a great story. I love that aha moment. Hey, here's an idea. We threw it out there. It worked and blossomed from there. That's fantastic. Is there a moment that you can think of that was your proudest moment in your business career with Alphaholics? Um, yeah, I mean, several things. Certainly some of the press coverage we've had last year, there was, there's a magazine called Octane, which is a UK-based but international magazine. Octane did an 11-page feature article on our GTAR sort of fast road and track day cars that we build where we take the original body shells but completely update them, build them from scratch with modern ECU um, ignition and, and big brakes and make sort of fast road usable modern classics out of them and they did an 11 page feature and i think that was something that you know with a very big publication like that that did make me very proud to sort of feel that you know we've really come a long way with our business oh fantastic and i i get that publication and i remember that article because your name is so unique it really stood yeah. out went wow somebody came in fact before we go on i have to i have to know the answer who came up with alphaholics it was my dad, and we had been at Silverstone Classic meeting back when it was the Koi, it was it was headlined Coy's auctions, Coy's Silverstone, and I don't know what my dad had seen, but he came away from that and he said he said alphaholic, that's a great word, <laughs> and then. It was then when a few years, or it wasn't a few years, maybe it was only a year or so later, he wanted to start his parts business and he wanted a name for it. That was the name that he used. And yeah, it was absolutely fantastic. It is a great taking of a negative word and turning it into a very positive word that uh, true car aficionados can truly understand and relate with. That's fantastic. Yeah. Let's have a little fun here. What was your first really special car? And perhaps you could share a memory that you had with that vehicle. For me, it was my car that I, that I built for myself. 
which I, I started building when I was 18, and I called it my GTA replica uh, at the time. So I took a, a, a 1967 1300 GT Junior. It was a one-owner car. I bought it from a, a really old gentleman who had owned it all his life. It was in the motor trade. Uh, it had done 200,000 miles. It was rotted out. But it was a nice, a, a nice car as a, as, a, as a base car, and stripped it all down, did all the bodywork, um, made all the GTA look conversions, the GTA grills, the little hoop handles with buttons, and made it look a bit like a GTA, and then sort of restored it all and put a better engine in it and bits and pieces, and what I call my GTA replica is what over the years has really been the development tool to now become what we call an Alphaholics GTAR, which is our fast road track day cars. And that's my most special car. It's a car that when I started building it, I came back from, from university to start putting the car together in the summer holidays. And my girlfriend at the time, who wasn't really into cars, but knew that I was, never saw me. And it didn't take too many months for us to make a decision that the relationship wasn't really going to go a lot further <laughs> because of the amount of time I was spending underneath my car rather than taking her out for dinner. Yes. Um, and I'm sure there are people out there that would, uh, uh, that would sympathize with that situation. Um, but the good, the good ending to that story is that uh, I got back together with my ex-girlfriend and it was at our track day uh our, we run alphaholics run a track day at a circuit called castle coombe in wiltshire very old track and i invited her to come down as one of the first times that i saw her again after after splitting up and i was there with my car and i i said to myself i'm going to chuck her in the car with me and fling her around the track <laughs> and if she and if she likes it and she enjoys it this relationship has got a future if she hates it because i have such a passion for cars you're sort of beating your head against a brick wall you're not going to get anywhere because i do feel that i'd seen it with my parents you know just a, a, a combined shared interest and driving force that made their relationship so fantastic and i sort of thought I, it needs to work that way and anyway I, I put my girlfriend in the car and i took her out and i wasn't shy about it i really put my foot down and really drifted the car around and <laughs> put in some very fast laps and i sort of caught her eye a couple of times and they were they were glistening and she she sort of i i, I knew her well enough to know that was a happy eye yep. and we came in and she just said wow i've never experienced anything like that because beforehand when we'd been together earlier she hated me driving quickly on the road she mm. thought i was crazy but going out on a track she said i now understand it all i understand what it's all about this is a much safer environment but i can understand your skills and your abilities and what was my girlfriend is now my wife oh wonderful story and she comes to the nurburgring with me every time i've taken her around the nurburgring in my car in sort of eight minutes 15 bridge to gantry you know some really quick porsche times and overtaking ferraris and she absolutely loves it and that you know we're now very happily married oh well that's a great story thanks for sharing that that's just spectacular is there a current project that you're working on right now that really has you excited and fired up? There's three really great projects that, are, that, that we're doing at the minute that 
have me incredibly excited. The first is we're restoring Jochen Rint's uh, European Touring Car Championship 1600 GTA from the 1966 season. Mm. Uh, it's amazing. It's a car which Jochen drove four times, did four races with, won three races out of four with the car. He was incredibly successful with the car. It was also driven by Andrea Diadamich, Theodore Zeckeli, and a lot of other um, works auto delta drivers nina vaccarella um, and it was a car which ran in the 66 season with auto delta it was then sold to sweden for 67 through ove anderson who in a much later life was a toyota f1 boss at the time was a rally driver and he was a vehicle really for a very wealthy gentleman to get in the door at auto delta and anyway it only did a handful of races in 67 68 got crashed a couple of times and really got parked in a corner so when we bought it original interior original driver's seat never retrimmed that all those famous bottoms including yock and rinse had, had sat in uh, <laughs> and we really had everything there to restore it exactly back to its 1966 championship winning specification and that's exactly how we're doing it to every last nut and bolt exactly as it was in 66 nice. um, not to make a modern race car from it Another GTA we're restoring, very similar story, it's actually owned by an American client of ours. Uh, we restored a couple of cars for him and he had a GTA and he didn't really know a lot about it and he shipped it over to us and I did the research on the chassis number, looked at all the parts on it. It was clearly an Auto Delta car and it won the Dutch Touring Car Championship in 1966 with wow. a very sort of famous in Holland young racing driver called Wim Lowe's mm -hmm. who tragically lost his life in 1967 he was clearly a bit of a wild man and in the spa 24 hour race in a steel bodied alpha he, he lost his life unfortunately but yeah. that's an incredibly original car and we're returning that exactly back to its 1966 specification so to be restoring such historically important GTAs is you know a real pride for us here oh they sound fantastic oh gosh can't wait to see pictures of those vehicles when they're done now here's a fun question for you Max if you were a car what kind of car would you be and why I'm sure you probably worked out. Could I be anything other than an Alpha GTA? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, for me, I, I couldn't say I'm anything other than an Alpha GTA. I mean, you cut my wrist and I'll bleed Alpha GTA. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, uh, yeah for me, it could only be an Alpha GTA. Well, it's been such a uh, monumental part of your life for so long, and uh, that makes sense to me. So, Max, we're up to what I call the last lap, and you're a racer. You know what that means. Time to put the pedal to the metal. One more lap to go, and this is where I fire off a series of questions, and you give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So, you buckled up and ready? Indeed. Okay. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Buy the cars that you really want to own and enjoy driving, not just what's the popular thing to be seen to be owning. Ah, perfect. I love that advice. I've heard that from many, many wise cars, yeah, I guess. Perfect. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success? Get up in the morning early and give yourself the time to plan your strategy for the day. Ah, another, another great word of advice. Again, I'll mention Art Morrison, guest I had on a few days ago. He's in his shop at 3.30 in the morning. <laughs> he's, no, that's, he's, quite, that's quite extreme that's quite extreme <laughs> yes but many of my guests have said get up early and that old uh, 
early to bed, early to rise makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. So that is a great piece of advice. Would you share a book with our listeners that perhaps you've recently read or even a book you've read in the past that you really enjoyed? Two books that I love. Gilles Villeneuve by Gerald Donaldson, which Mm. is a biography about the ultimately tragic life of Gilles. Mm. Um, And the other book is David Tremaine's book about Jochen Rint, which is an absolute must read about the, you know, the tragic, tragically lost talent of Jochen. Yes. Oh, wonderful. Well, I'll remind our listeners that they can find all of these resources at carsyad.com slash maxbanks including links to Alphaholic's website and the books that he recommended. Do you have any interesting hobbies outside of your passion for cars, Max? I love skiing. Skiing is a massive passion of mine, and and ultimately a big off-piece section or even a very quiet piece carving down it is very similar to racing a car around a track and carving lines and yeah that's a real passion of mine and uh, uh, the other sport which I love playing is field hockey which is a a big game in Europe and very fast and uh, quite sort of intelligent mind game I, I love my hockey wonderful wonderful all right we're up to the checkered flag you know what that means we're almost at the end of the race here and this last question can be a real doozy if you could only have one collector car in your garage and this is something you can't sell to buy a bunch of other cars with and money's no object so today i'm going to buy you whatever you'd like what would that vehicle be and why that is possibly the hardest question and i get asked it from time to time and i still can't quite work it out um (laughs) My childhood dream and the car which I would spend more time staring in books and just staring details of was the Ferrari 250 LM. Uh, a lot of people are into their 250 GTOs, but for me, the LM is 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 the, the you know the purpose-built racing car and is an exquisitely beautiful car. However my alpha side of me will always say that the most beautiful car in the world is the alpha tipo 33 stradale oh yes well yes you've picked two fantastic cars if i made you pick one right now which one would it be i'd go alpha i'd go stradale i kind of thought that's what you'd do (laughs) but i love i love the 250 lm that is a spectacular car and uh, unfortunately, like many of the collector cars these days, the prices have just gotten stratospheric. They were, al- they were already expensive cars, but now they're just somewhere out there in unobtainium land. It has got like that. It's, it's slightly sad that it's got like that with some of those you know, really special cars, but it is what it is. Yeah, I've never had the pleasure of driving either of those cars. I have been able to sit in a 250LM and... Uh, just sitting there and kind of closing your eyes and imagining what it would be like is uh, is quite fun, the sound of that engine. And it's a little bit weird the way your feet sit in that car. You're kind of off at an angle a little bit. But. It, you, you are. I've, I've also very fortunately managed to sit in, a, in an LM. It was 
I, I think I was like 15 at the time. And it, again, it was Coy Silverstone, a big race meeting, and they have big auctions there, the Coy's auctions. And my father owned a right-hand drive Maserati uh, Vignali Spider. And we were auctioning that car that weekend. And as after we'd unloaded that and put it in the tent, we walked out and they were starting to unload an LM. And my father knew the auction guys and he sort of spoke to them and he, he, he got me permission to jump in the car and I got to sort of steer it as it was pushed into the tent and that was uh, an, an incredible dream for me. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well Max, you've taken us on a great ride today and I've, I've really enjoyed your stories and learning more about you and Alphaholics. I want to thank you for sharing your journey with me and with the Cars Yeah listeners. Would you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that Alpha Tipo? Indeed. I, I, I think with everything in, in business and in life is that with the right careful planning and strategy, you can follow your dreams, whatever they are, in whatever field of life. And if you plan it and your strategy is right, it will always be a success for you and, and an enjoyment for you. Wonderful. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and Alphaholics? Obviously, our, our website, alphaholics.com, is where you will find all the information about us. Uh, we have a YouTube channel, which is Alphaholics TV, which has got lots of onboard video um, footage from the Nürburgring, from Spa-Francorchamps, from all sorts of circuits over the UK and Europe, uh, driving our Alphaholics GTARs and stuff. And you'll, you'll, you'll kind of see a lot more about what we are. Fantastic. Well, I'll remind everyone listening today that you can find links to all of these great resources at carsyeah.com slash maxbanks. I want to thank you, Max, for being so generous with your time today and your expertise and calling in from across the pond, as we say, and sharing your experience with our listeners. It's been a great joy, and it was fun to follow back up after meeting you at Laguna Seca and seeing that GTA that you and your team built. What a fantastic car you're a great person. I hope I get to meet the rest of your family someday. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. It's been a great pleasure. Thank you very much, and thank you for everyone who listens. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.